I lose control When you're not here with me uh -uh. I'm falling apart right in front of you Can't you see? Welcome back to Quick Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Ash. Have men lost control? Today, we dig into toxic masculinity. We have strong men around the world leading us into destruction, war, violence. We have Travis Kelsey yelling at his coach in a heated moment on the field at the Super Bowl. A lot of people reacting to that by saying, Taylor, watch out. That's a red flag. Uh, if he's acting like that in public, on camera, imagine what he must be doing in private, treating her poorly in private. So we speak with my stepdad, Greg, today about all of that. And I just want to thank him because he does touch on his experience as a firefighter in New York on 9-11. And I appreciate uh, the little bit he's able to share about that. Uh, as always, I appreciate his perspective, and I am so thankful for all of you who've sent in your comments from around the world. Thank you for listening, and don't worry, pretty soon I'm going to be launching an advice column segment here on the podcast. So if you want, you can email quickcuespod at gmail.com with a question or a problem you might be having, whether it's work-related, friends, family, religion, politics, anything. We're going to start covering some advice and answering some questions here on the podcast. It's a fun one today. Get ready for a perspective on professional wrestling, the WWE, with my stepdad, Greg. So my question is about wrestling. What is enjoyable about it? And is it a sport? Let's start there. Is wrestling a sport? It's sport entertainment. When I mean that, I mean you have to be in shape and you have to be pretty much an athlete to do the, the wrestling. We're talking about WWE wrestling now. Is that what we're talking about? Now? Yes. Okay. Yes, you have to be in shape and you have to be an athlete. But as far as sport, it might be more entertaining entertainment than sport. Why do they dress like that? Mm, I think they dress like that for the children. A lot of the children, they bring a lot of children. Since I've been watching wrestling, because my son is trying to get break into that deal, I've watched many children, many actually handicapped children go there, mentally challenged children. And they find and inspiration? They look like characters now. This is a character now you're looking at, not a real human. So that's what I think. And they find inspiration, and so that's all part of the costume? They're inspiring characters? Well, some of them are. Some of them, some of them mean the heels. They call them heels, and they actually—you love to hate them. You want to hate them. The kids actually cursing out the little children. You love to hate them. So, okay, so this entire performer's show was about how all of his ex-boyfriends, his entire dating history, all of his exes are basically versions of Goldberg, that wrestler from the WWE. You know him, right? right. Yes, I do. So what is he supposed to inspire? Because he begins the show, you know, showing the clips, and he's so aggressive, and he wears the bandages on his forehead. So what is he meant to inspire? I'm just thinking manly macho-ism, something like that. I'm strength. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Strength, and what do the bandages mean? You've seen him with the bandages directly on his forehead. 
Well, I guess the, I, I don't know what that means actually. To what, me, what do, you, what do you think? To me, that means, I mean, that's like a that's wearing your pain as a tr- as a trophy, as a badge of honor. Right, like scars, I have like scars, right? One hundred percent. So, uh, you know, as I, you know, as I watched clips of him and then he interviewed some of his exes and he went through some of their profiles and was uh, describing them, I just thought, what do we want? What, what are we wanting from the WWE and Goldberg and what are we getting? Oh, we want, we, the entertainment, the, the, the thrill of, uh, of winning, the thrill of, uh, Fighting another macho man of overcoming pain through strength. Yes, and that's what the bandages mean, and that's why it's so inspi- Is is that the right word? Inspiring to see such strong people endure. I would say yes. That might be inspiring. Yes, and there's a certain element of like self-deprecation to it, right? Uh, I don't know. Like the cartoonish element. You, you're aware that you're playing a character. Yes, they do have a lot of comedy routines as they, you know, wrestle. And so it's about letting go. It's about exactly. It's not about winning or losing because you could you could lose and win. When I when I say win, win over the crowd. Interesting. So remember in Spider Man when he has to fight that guy. In the ring, yes. And that's when his powers come alive? That's right. And then remember when... So he wins, right? And he wins all that money. And then the guy that he beats, what does he do on the way out? You remember? He robs, yes. He robs Tobey Maguire. He robs Spider-Man. And then what does he do? And does Spider-Man decide to stop him? He does not stop him. And then what does he end up... He robbed the guy who... He robbed the guy, the prom, promoter of the of the whole wrestling thing, who didn't pay Spider Man. I see. So it was like a whole chain of events, right? And then because Spider Man is pissed at the promoter, he doesn't yeah. stop using his powers. He doesn't stop the thief. That's correct. And then what does that thief go on and well, do? It turns into him killing his uncle. Actually, exactly. So what's the lesson there? The lesson is, if you have the powers, use them even for the people that piss you off. Help help everybody, because you don't know who is going to benefit ultimately. Right. Helping is better than not helping. Okay, anyway, so back to wrestling. These are the wrestlers that I know. The Rock, Hulk Hogan. Are they athletes or are they actors? Oh, I would say both. They're athletic actors. That's what they are. A lot of them become, well, look at The Rock. He became an actor. If he's an athlete. I mean, The Rock seems to, I mean, in terms of winning over a crowd, he's thrown into the ring in terms of really only being one of the only that could run for president, that could unite people. He's Mr. Everybody. That's correct. Why do you think that is? What's so inspiring about the rock? Is he is what's so special about him? You know, I don't I don't believe there's nothing so special about him. But he's, his family, he's in a family of wrestlers, so he grew up around it. So he does one thing about it that helps him push him along. And um, I just think that once you become that famous, everybody 
you're mom. You're you're an idol now. He's an idol. Hollywood made him not really wrestling. Wrestling, he, he was a wrestler, great wrestler. But he was more of an actor than a wrestler. And what about John Cena? I don't know about John Cena. Same thing, I think. He, well, John Cena came from just a gym. He wasn't even a wrestler, and they saw him that he was so muscular. And I think, if it was, if I'm mistaken, Vince McMahon just asked him, you want to be a wrestler? And he said, I'll try it. Bingo. Who who is the top out of out of those three? Cena, The Rock, or Hulk Hogan? Right now, it's Cena. It's Cena well, right now, I don't know who it is, but Cena's been the face for years of, the, of WWE. He's done more um, Make a Wish and Make a Wish Foundations than any person ever in the world. I mean, he seems like a really calm, compassionate guy. He does so you can see he really puts on such a persona. Well, he's doing, when he does, he does it with, with his heart. He doesn't do it just for the money. And you're always making money anyway, so. Who makes more, The Rock or John Ooh, Cena? That's a good question. I think The Rock, actually. So people know that wrestling is fake. Who doesn't know? I'm sorry, what's the question? Do people know that wrestling is fake? I, I, mean, I think more adults do, obviously. The but kids don't. don't. The children don't. Interesting. So it's like Santa Claus for them. I want to say yes, and they, yeah, there are days you could t- you could ask children as they got older. When did you realize it wasn't real anymore? And they'll say the same thing that they would answer for Santa Claus also. <laughs> so like at like twelve, thirteen years old, yeah, maybe. So it's magic. Yeah, I guess it's it's. it's and that's what stays with them all their lives. Cause they loved it as a child, and it stays with you. And do you think so? You know, I've been to some of these matches, and there was one involving the Bible and a prostitute and a priest. What is the, what in terms of the plot? Are these supposed to be like morality plays? Are they are, are they teaching lessons? Do they comment on society? I think it's more entertainment than anything. I really don't think promoters think that much into it, but you got me. It could be. It could be they think this, this deep. It's, that's deep what you said. I mean, I w- when I showed up to a high school gym to watch a wrestling match, I was not expecting someone to be holding up the Bible in the middle of the ring and then announce that a prostitute and a priest were going to fight. Well, that makes it, I guess it makes it a little more interesting. So that must hit all these buttons of human nature of like, we want to see, because these are the battles that go on in our minds of good versus evil, of brute strength versus cooperation and teamwork. So we want to see all these stories played out before us. Very good observation, yes. And do you think it helps people process? Hold on, let me get my door. So do you think it helps people process these complex, evolutionary, psychological, emotional, spiritual questions? Is that what people are getting out of wrestling? Some people do. Some people just think of it as just brute strength and, and fighting and bloody. Sometimes it's actually bloody. And they, and they just come for that. So do people actually get hurt? Oh, definitely. Hurt, Yes. Most of the time, what I've seen, these, these athletes are, are, are trained to take a fall. And they could actually all become great stuntmen in, in Hollywood. Like what I see. 
Has The Rock ever gotten really injured? John Cena? I am sure. Every, yes, definitely John Cena. I know about that. The Rock? I'm not sure, but I, I'm sure in his career he got hurt. Act, you know, with you know medical advice, maybe uh, broken parts. You'll see. I can look into that. And that's well, part of it, right? It's like you're a warrior. Right. That's so like this is like this is like the gladiators from the from ancient yes. Rome. Yep, the gladiators exactly. I think this touches on buttons of human nature that are accessible to all of us, that are inside all of us, and I don't know. I think we live in a culture where brute strength and traditional masculinity, and we'll get into the female WWE stars. It's WWF, right? Well, uh, well, no, it's WWE stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, what's the WWF? There's WWF and there's oh, WWE? The Federation. And then what happened was that they got sued by the World Wildlife Foundation. Oh, I see. <laughs> so they had to change it to WWE. We were with wrestling entertainment. So the WWF, it was... WWF a... used to be WWF, but the WWF is now... World Wildlife Federation. That's right, because when I was a kid, it was the WWF. That's correct. And then I guess somewhere in my mind, I, I kept the two names, but then I thought the WWF was for the females. <laughs> <laughs> so who are the big female stars? Uh, well, you know what? I'm, I'm really not a follower of the, of the WWE. Ah, I'm not they... WWF. <laughs> but I'm not, I can't, the girls today, I don't know. Years ago, a few of them I knew, I, I never really enjoyed the wrestling. Even the men's, I'm not a big fan of it. I was a football football fan. I mean, listen, so I was just about to get into this. We live in a culture where, you know, we live in a misogynistic culture. We live in uh, a culture where men who are creatives or emotional or somehow not a provider or protector are seen as feminine and feminine is seen as weaker and less than right that's not right but it's, it's right what you're saying so do you think that comes from so where do all men originate where do all every single man walking this earth from the rock from dwayne the rock johnson to you to every man where do all men come from All men, you can't say all men in anything like that. All men come from a woman, correct? Oh, <laughs> yes, they all come from a woman. And even the most powerful men and the most the richest men, the most focused men, completely locked in, productive, prolific. Jeff Bezos, the richest man in history. What was his downfall? He he lost half of his entire fortune because of love, because of a woman, right? That's correct. And think of how many other men get caught in divorces, paying alimony, paying, paying, paying. And so do you think that the fact that all men come from a woman and that all men, even to their own detriment, need women in their life. I mean, look what men are, are willing to sacrifice for for a woman, for love. Do you think that drives men crazy and that's why they objectify women so that they can gain control over them? That could be a very good point. 
Do you do think? I think do, no. Do I think they're objectifying for that reason? No. Do you think but, it? Do you think it drives men crazy that they need women, that they all have mothers, and that they all need wives? Does it drive them crazy? I think it does. Have, it does up to the psyche. Yes. What does it do? It makes it. It, it really because they they actually want to be with a, like a woman like their mother. Yeah, I think most guys want their mothers and most girls want their fathers. Why? I don't really know the reason. That Again, it's like these primal buttons, just like wrestling. It's like it hits. Right, it's primal. So that's what I think, is that men are stuck in this cycle. And I've read about this, and it's you know much more graphic, and there's art history, and you know that's why men... Men objectify women because they feel objectified by being stuck in this cycle of from woman I come and to woman I must always return. But so then that's what the, this whole performance was about. He wanted to objectify himself on that stage and he had all these wrestlers come out with their glistening bodies and speedos and he objectified himself and they were all squirting glue on him and he was tied up and he couldn't speak and then he was lifted up into the rafters and the glue was stretching and it was kind of gross and he was completely objectified in in this weak way but isn't it the same as, you know, any wrestler, you know, objectifying themselves by becoming this brute strength, physical, physically excellent, just actor using their body? That's right. And in the world we live in, you know, most of them are just trying to make it money, not just do it for the reasons that are psychological, like you're saying. We all need to make money, and we all need our bodies to make money. Uh, yeah, I guess you have to. Yes, you do. And that's your mind. Well, that's the thing. You can you can either use your mind to make money and be completely, I think, free, or you know, in some to some degree, if your body is always controlled by you, got to show up, clock in. If you don't show up, someone's going to ask where you are. That level of control over your body that gets to me sometimes. It does. It does. It does. Our bodies have to be controlled. And so we're all looking for ways that feel good of being weak because we know that we need to give up control. And we know that ultimately we are weak. Men know that ultimately they will succumb to a woman. They will succumb to love. That they can achieve, you know, Jeff Bezos can build world the, the, and, and Elon Musk and build another world on another planet without a woman by their side. Isn't it amazing? They never do it alone. They would never do it alone. Would, and they decide know. to have a lot of children and they decide to have a partner and a, a woman usually. And even to their own detriment, they're, they'll divorce and they'll, but they still go through it. That's true. People want to accept that they're that we're weak, and I think wrestling, or just what this performance made me think of through wrestling is, we want a good way that to feel weak, and when we watch these strong men withstanding all of these crazy things that they go through, it makes us feel weak, and they're superior, and we're inferior, and it feels good because we're being entertained and inspired. And and, my, and the primal the primal act of it. It's primal. 
So do you agree with my theory? Yes. I just don't think that everybody thinks it's not in the forefront of their mind the way you you provide. It's not that way. It's the, people and uh, go in there. I complete. I love this guy. I can't wait till he comes out and wrestles. That's it. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's hard to be human, but it's easy to be an object. Right, and it's easy, right? It's, and, and obviously, the, the fans are objectifying the wrestlers. Right. But you're making money off of it. So are you the subject or are you the object? If you knowingly and willingly objectify yourself so that you can go live an amazing life as a rich subject in your mansion, uh, who, who wins? That's right, exactly. Everybody wins. Everybody wins because the wrestler's happy, the wrestler makes the fans happy, and that's like anything else, any sport. So maybe it is a sport because baseball, football, all that is the same thing really, right? Well, that's what this well, that's what this performer did. He completely objectified himself and you know humiliated himself and right. and not only physically with that whole production and you know he was wearing only a speedo himself and his body wasn't anything compared to any of the others and then he was so you know physically taken advantage of by them on stage and yet he was in, in control the whole time it was his show that's right. We want good, we want feel-good ways to be weak, to be ourselves. Wow. We do. And to hit these primal buttons. And wrestling is one of the ways that does it. Right, and so that's wrestling it. Wrestling is a story. Of course, in, in the wrestling match, there's a story, right? So does it engage you intellectually to follow the story? Me? Yes, it does. What's it? Do you have any, do you remember any particularly good plot of a, of a wrestling match? Um, see. Yes. Yes? Well, yes. Well, no one would know this because my son is, uh, is the one that was in it. And he was wrestling um, a guy is. Israel, I think his name is Israel, and they had a bout. Israel wins the next bout. Now you have to be watching the bout. You have to know it's in months. The next month, it's it's like a saga. Then my son won. Then the next match, my son won, but he cheated, or vice versa. The other guy cheated, and then they then he cheated. It was back and forth. I see. So it's like a telenovela. It's like a soap opera. Yeah, it's like a soap. Yeah, exactly. It goes on and on. It's like a soap opera for men. Exactly. And isn't that all sports? It's just, it's the drama. It's the thrill. It's, I can't believe that. Oh, my gosh. Right, right. Every, I mean, so I grew up not really paying attention to sports. and But I was always around sports lovers. And I'd always notice how all these sports fans around me, mostly straight men, they would spend their entire day talking about other men's bodies and in detail they would say oh he's 6'2 245 he's 225 hey oh do you see his thighs that always fascinated me that straight men talk about male bodies more than women do that's because you as you said before they want that's the way they want to feel about themselves do they want to feel inferior no, it 
puts these guys up on a pedestal and they're better than than you. They're better, you know, his arm, look at how he throws the ball. This, you know, we talk about these things about that, the pros. So they say we that... But we're not, we all wish to be pros. We all, everybody wishes to be right. I think. <laughs> they say that men's innate language is competition, that men communicate by competing with one another in terms of each each other's expertise whereas women on the other hand are more equalizers women seek to create community and find commonality whereas men seek to create competition yes you agree yes definitely do you think that's why men don't like to pull over and ask for directions when they're lost <laughs> yes well that's kind of a relic of the past right everyone just googles now they don't want to show weakness to a woman in, in, that, in that aspect by pulling over. Right, whereas a woman is much more likely to say, we need help, let's pull over and ask. Right. Do you think men who don't provide financially for their families in, an, in, a, in a huge way, do you think they're somehow less masculine? If they're, if they're doing their, if, they're, if they're doing their most, then they could they could do. Then they're not. If not, if they're lazy and not doing the right thing, that's a different story. Yes. So some people are just just in life. They can only do what they can do. Manager of, of McDonald's. How much money can he bring home? How much can he do? He, that's all he can do. He can go to work. And he comes home and he provides for his family as, as as much and as little as he can. Right. So is life a competition? some people but is it i think no i don't think life's a competition i think that life is a series of ups and downs that's what i think life is so you were a firefighter on 9-11 right that's correct what what stands out in your brain most about that day But the first thing, the first thing I can tell you is seeing the, all the smoke in the air coming down, driving down Highland Boulevard, and I knew something. But I didn't even know what it was until my brother had called me up and told me, and I saw that smoke, and that was pretty awesome. And then you, then when I was called in, to, I was on vacation at the time. I was called in, I went to the firehouse, and then we went from the firehouse to the. To, Bevy terminal on the Staten Island side. While we were waiting for wounded or walking wounded or people to come over so we could triage them. The first boat came over, not one person gets off. That's wow. disheartening. The second ferry comes back, nothing, nobody on it. Wow. So now it's now we're, everybody's a little worried. So anyway, further into the night, I think about four four thirty, we go, we go to the site. The whole everybody was on the on our side trying to do EMS to nobody we went to the site and then started digging and that was pretty much uh, that was enough to, to really see people I don't even like talking about it to tell you the truth Zach. yeah I know I understand well thank you for being willing to discuss I mean so in terms of American culture do you think America has a problem with masculinity with violence with guns that other countries don't have can't compare to other countries because I don't know much about them, but um, do we have a problem with masculinity? Um, Is masculinity a problem? Yes, 
could, it could be a problem. But how, what would, how would you say, let's solve this problem. Let's solve masculinity. Let's, how would you do something with that? Well, I don't know because I often view masculinity as something that solves problems. I look at the world, you're a firefighter. Masculinity fights fires, builds telephone poles, builds streets, builds cities, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's a quote that I like that said, look around and all everything in the world was built by men and all the people in the world were built by women. That's uh, a, it's an interesting idea. It is. Very and I've noticed, I, I live near a lot of new construction sites, and I've noticed, and I was paying attention to this, that there was this push for more gender equality on construction sites and to not have um, completely 100% male construction teams building wow. all these buildings in New York. And I've noticed there's now a female bathroom. I saw one out there. So there must be at least some gender equality on the construction sites. Certainly, there are in the fire department field. Oh, yeah? Definitely. And I, was, I had a chief, Rocky Jones. What a great chief she was. So would you say firefighting is still a masculine space or there's real equality? Well, it's still a masculine place because there are more men than women. But we are open for the... For the uh, we, they open it up for women to come in, and I, every, I work with women. They were just as good as any man at the time. We we train them. The New York City Fire Department trains them very well. Yeah, there's no difference, right? No difference. And, and you, are, women that want to do it are mostly strong, strong-willed, and strong, like we said, macho. And if you want to call that, you know, masculine, not masculine in a way, but masculine in strength. Right, and I think anyone that has those interests would be uh, would be attracted to that career and be able to do it. Right. I don't think I would be able to do it. I don't work with brute strength. It's not what my output is every day. Right. Oh, I'm strong and I can train and I'm sure I could pull certain things off. But could you see me working even 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 a physical, more physical career than what I'm doing now? I couldn't handle anything physical. Yeah, but if you did it. If you did it, if you liked it, you would, it wouldn't bother you. Well, all. did you like window washing? What floor did you use to window like wash? Window washing. I did it every day, and it was good pay at the time. What was the highest floor you ever made it up to? Oh, I was on building seventy-seven stories up. On we did scaffold work. I did. I was on the, the Chrysler building, and I was doing belt work where you have to go out the window on a belt and lean back. That was crazy. On what floor? 37. What does it make a difference? You look down, you say, do you see a call from a matchbox car? Of the Chrysler <laughs> building. And you enjoyed that? I did. I will tell you, I did not enjoy it. Well, you Although see? I, was younger, it, I wasn't afraid. Now that I'm 60, I'm afraid. I can tell you that. I'm afraid. I go near the window, I'm actually afraid of heights. But then, back then, nothing, no problem. Didn't think of anything of it. You felt no fear? No fear when I was younger. And yet you put yourself through such risk. I believe, yes. I can tell you all. Was it a thrill? That, mm, I wouldn't say it was a thrill. It was a job. It was, it was a, a job. job. And it, it paid well. It paid well. It was okay. And I got, you know, right. I got through my uh, younger years doing that. How many years did you wash windows? I washed windows in the union for 14 years. 14 years. Correct. Washing windows and looking down and seeing New York City, each car a matchbox. Yes. Yeah. 
and oh, you, I, did, I did all kind of work. I did I did storefronts. I did ladder work where you put ladders together. And you walk through the city. It, it's so hard to do that when you're walking through the city with everybody at, at uh, rush hour, and you're walking with ladders and buckets, and, <laughs> and people are walking by you trying to get to work. So that you complain about being having to dodge people on the street holding buckets, but you're not complaining about being seventy stories high on a scaffold. That's correct. Imagine that I would complain about the people. <laughs> That's New Yorkers for you. Yeah. Okay, so thanks a lot. Do you have any final thoughts? No, we will continue another time if you'd like. Okay, awesome. I think at the end of the day, it all comes back to we like to put our bodies through challenges, whether it's wrestling, whether it's window washing, whether it's working out at the gym, in order to feel good about ourselves. That's true. That's true. Very true. And whether it's challenging ourselves, you know, in, in working out at the gym ourselves or watching people display their strength and, and fight through pain, I think it all, I think it hits all of those primal buttons. Does. And yet so many people view these things in our culture, wrestling, the call, the macho culture as bad. Really? People think it's as bad. I don't know that. Who says that? People, I mean, listen, people, the Swifties are all going crazy because that moment where, that moment where Travis Kelsey is unloading and yelling in the ear of Andy Reid, they're all freaking out saying that's a red flag. He's abusive. You saw that, right? Oh, you heard, you heard, but his brother, his brother jumped on his, on his case for that. You know that, right? His brother did say that that was inappropriate. And he he backed himself up by saying, it's emotion, It's the Super Bowl. It's an emotional time for me. I, I get emotional. I have a good I have respect for uh, Andy Reid. He knows that. I so agree. that's what's his answer. So, I, I mean, sounds like a good answer, but you're right. It could be red flags. You could be an abuser, but we, you can't accuse someone by, by like that. And people are saying, wow, if he's willing to do that in a packed stadium in the middle of on TV, in the middle of the whole world, imagine what he must do to Taylor in private. Not necessarily. I, I, yeah, I don't agree. I mean, what I see is passion. What I see is power. What I see is this. I, what I saw in that moment was the same fire which that made him win. Right. Turn the game around, me. And we all have negatives and we all have positives and nobody is perfect. And in fact, the most imperfect people do the greatest things. That's correct. So I don't like this whole vibe in our culture of, of seeing humanity and our human nature and all these primal buttons that are inside of us as red flags i think we need to talk about them we need to create space for them and maybe wrestling is an example of that space very good i agree <laughs> okay class dismissed <laughs>